Thanks for tuning in to Chats with Your Self-Worth BFF. This is your host, Michaela Falar, where we are here to skyrocket your self-worth, heal your shit, and take your power back. Welcome to the chat. Hey guys, welcome back to Chats with Your Self-Worth BFF. This is your host, Michaela Flor, here with our amazing special guest and one of my close friends here, Danielle McCleary. Danielle is a quantum business coach. She is a mentor of mine personally. She has been growing her business, growing her network for over a decade and growing her business personally with coaching specifically what she's doing currently for how long? Three years? Two years now? Yeah, about three. Three years now. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Time flies when we're having fun. Um, But I wanted to have Danielle on just to kind of share her personal story. I think that it will really be something beneficial for you guys to hear because it's been always such an inspiration to watch Danielle move the way that she does. As she says, fire levitating across the field. And um, that could not be more on brand and on point for who she is as a person, as a mentor, as a coach, um, as a friend, as a mom, as a wife. Um, So I love her and I'm super excited to have her on and for you guys to hear about her story and get so much juicy content from this however long episode it ends up being. But (laughs) we'll get started. Danielle, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself too. So go ahead. Four days later, the episode is still going. Um, (laughs) I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you started a podcast and to kind of get to be a guest on it. I feel like when I, I feel like I was there when we were talking about you starting a podcast, like we had so many chats about it. And so to be on your podcast is such a, such a gift and such a full circle moment. So I'm excited to be here. Um, you really just summed up me really well. You summed up me better than I sum up me. I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm Danielle. I'm, I'm a lot of things, but mostly I guess like who I am is, uh, like when people say like, who are you? Like I'm a truth sayer, like that's what I am. And I used to be a truth seeker and I still am a truth seeker, but I would say I'm a truth sayer. And that is what I do professionally. That's what I do in my family. That's what I do in a lot of places. And a lot of what I do is just really based around like the idea that as humans, we are all part of a conscious collective and, you know, peace and freedom are our birthright. So that's me. I love that. that. And that's just like (laughs) the way that she introduces herself just goes to show how in depth that this conversation is about to get. (laughs) (laughs) If you are here for the spirituality, for the woo woo, for the intuitive talks, for the real life shit not that fake shit that a lot of people do talk about like we're about to get real then you are in the right spot so I feel like nobody listens to your show who's not no exactly like I feel like like, yeah I mean I feel like they have to be pretty down with the woo to be here anyway so let's just give the people what they want exactly that's why I was like I have to have Danielle on like I wonder if she's she'd be down and you're like absolutely and I was like Hell yeah. Let's go. Duh. Yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, you said Get duh. a chance to talk about myself? Let's go. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
My okay. midheaven in Leo is really, really happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, astrology too. She's like the astrology human design queen. Okay, let's just get straight. Let's just jump into it. Let's go. Um, I kind of want to start off by – I mentioned that you have been growing your network for the last decade, over the mm-hmm. last decade, and <laughs> – how that started was you're a dancer, you're a actress, you majored in theater. I got, right? I got a bachelor's in theater. I got a bachelor's in dance. I did a minor in psychology. And then I went to, I got my graduate degree in theater education, emphasis acting. Wow. So she's just done it all, you guys. Um, <laughs> you're amazing. And so she's got all these things under her belt, like so many, so much more than that even too. But just to get started, that's where we'll get started. And um, she was living in Hollywood. You know, let's start, like share that story, like where you, like where it all started and began. And then you yeah. build from there. I mean, listen, cats don't really have shit on me, like the nine lives thing. Like, I feel like I lived like 25 lives before I I turned 30, which is very much a part of my human design, by the way. Like, if you know about your human design, like I didn't at this point. But now that I look back, like they say, like my human design, part of my chart is like they say that zero to 30 is usually like a time of trial and error. (laughs) And I would say, yes. Also, it was pure fucking chaos. So we could call it whatever we want, but like, let's be honest, it was fucking chaos. Um, Like so much so that I'm currently, as we speak, in the process of working with an Instagram doctor who is literally going through my account, finding all ghost or dead followers, like, and removing them. And I have so many lives under my belt that out of the 30,000 followers I had on Instagram, 15,000 of them were dead accounts, like accounts that like used to follow me, but now are not even on Instagram anymore. And so it just goes back a really long way. Like I, listen, I grew up in Southern California. Um, I was a professional dancer from the time I was 16 years old. I got married at 20. I moved to London for four years to choreograph a musical in London. I danced all over the place. I traveled to 28 countries before I turned 28 years old. I moved back. I got my degree in San Diego. I got divorced. (laughs) Um, I I got divorced. I like moved, I got my degrees. I like moved to Hollywood. I was dancing professionally still, but like more choreography. I was acting like the Hollywood life, but I grew up in it. Like I grew up as a dancer. Like I was dancing in Hollywood from the time I was like eight years old. So I kind of grew up in that industry and then, um, you know, was going to do it forever. Like I was, that was it. I was going to do it forever. And I was, I was acting, I was doing a lot of like stand-in work and I had a lot of like guest spot work on television. I worked on Disney channel a little bit, Showtime. And like, then I found fitness, but you know, when that was all happening, it was more of like, like, listen, as like a, as a kid, I was really, um, I was like very much an overachiever in like a lot of ways. Like I did a lot of sports. I was a dancer. I swam. I played softball. I did all these things. I was always getting straight A's. I was, you know, director of student activities in the associated student body. And then the next year I was the sergeant at arms. And then the next year I was the whatever I was like, I was always, huh? 
You've always been a leader too. Always. Oh, always. And that is great. And it also came with a lot of like praise, but also like really high expectations. So I kind of just got really used to those high expectations and like that praise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a stellium Sagittarius means I have like seven planets in Sag. So like being a gypsy and like doing all the things, like that's kind of just like who I am. And I think I, who I will always be. Um, you know, and I, like I kind of mentioned, I have a, my midheaven is in Leo, which is like the way I I portray myself in this world is like very much like I like, I, I need to be the center of attention, but from a place of like, I have a huge impact to make. And the only way I can do that is if people notice me. And so a lot of these things were like par for the course, but you know, that time of my life was like, I was just kind of like going, I was just kind of going, like, I don't even, everyone's like, how did you do that? How did you do that? I'm like, I was just like, Ooh, idea, bing, like opportunity. Yes, please. And so a lot of that's really great. Cause like, I'm just literally fire levitating across the field, but there was no substance. There was no, there was no, um, there was no stability. There was no plan there. There was none of that. Um, and I, I was very much, I was very, after all that time of being praised for like how much I did and how hard I worked and all these things, like I was very addicted to the outside validation and very addicted to the praise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, and you, you, you find it like normal. It's like a normal feeling and you're just going because you're like, oh, well, this is normal and I'm doing a good job. As long as I keep getting all this outside validation mm-hmm. and people keep asking me how I'm doing it all. That means like I'm doing a good job. So I'm just going to keep doing this because this is what's, this is what I'm, I should be doing. Yeah. And I found myself like inflating things that I was doing. Like I would be like, oh, I would almost be like embarrassed to tell people that I was like just a stand in. And I'm like, I look back down. I'm like, you know how many people like come to Hollywood and like would kill to just be a stand in? Like Mm -hmm. I was like. I was like almost embarrassed by that because I had like conditioned myself so much to be excellent that like that didn't even feel like enough. So like you can just see that cycle, like that pattern was just like, it doesn't get, that doesn't go away, you know? So it was like, if I would have kept down that path, like nothing would have ever been enough. Like I could have been fucking Meryl Streep at the Oscars and I still would feel like it wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's something that I teach. It's like when you're seeking outside praise and outside validation and you can't you can't fulfill that on your own without that outside validation no matter how successful you are how much money you have what your house Mm -hmm. looks like etc all the things it's Mm -hmm. never going to be enough because you're always going to be searching for that next best best thing to be validated for period yeah and like well and like when we talk about like i don't know when we talk about like manifestation right like how can't I couldn't even I couldn't even I wasn't even giving myself space to think about what I wanted like because I was just saying yes to everything that was like if it looked like it was gonna love me like I said yes and you know that was like I stayed in my marriage my first marriage like way longer than I should have and like I look back now and I'm like damn like that went on way too long um you know, and then like, I just, but it's like, when we talk about manifestation, like most people, and I think I was doing this, like I was manifesting based on like what I wanted and like where I was going. And like, if you start manifestation with like what you want, like 
that's an energy of lack. That's an energy of need. And like, you're never going to get it. Cause like what you think about is electrical and what you feel is magnetic together. That's your electromagnetic frequency. And if all I'm thinking about is like, Oh, I need another job. I need to get the next job. I need to get the next addition. Well, I'm saying I need it, which means I don't have it, which makes me feel bad. Like to the point where I'm like inflating the fact that I'm getting these things. Like no wonder I was just like in this circle. Like it was just this spiral. And like, did I ever have enough money? No. Cause I never gave myself the opportunity to have enough money because I was so focused on the fact that like, I wasn't living in like a mansion above Chateau Montmartre. Like like I literally had my own apartment. Like I lived in my own apartment. It was a studio apartment on Poinsettia and Sunset. I had my own apartment in Hollywood and it wasn't enough. And I was 23, 24. Like who has their own apartment at 24? Like no one. I did. You did. <laughs> you did. I, I, I like, like most people don't. Yeah. I think that you and I, I mean, similarly have, experienced like I mean I feel like I've lived 10 lives in the before 32 you're way ahead of me at 32 like I think about me at 32 like you're way ahead of where I was 31 (laughs) well right but like you're way ahead like you learned a lot of this way earlier than I did yeah no and you know the clients that I'm working with now that are younger than me I'm like oh god if I had what I'm teaching you at I know in my 20s like life I know different, but everything for a reason. So it's like, well, I wasn't meant to, if I would have had the wisdom I have now at 23, I wouldn't be who I am today. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a fucking badass. (laughs) Like we are the shit. I only have friends that are the shit. So anyway, okay. We're being dramatic. (laughs) Anyway, not to be dramatic, but we're awesome. Um, okay. So what I was saying is like, I feel like we have like both like very similar backgrounds in the sense of like, I also was married at a very young age. It, that did not last long at all, thankfully. But um, I learned a lot from that. And like, also the outside validation of like always wanting to be the best. Like I definitely didn't get as much as you got done. Like you are like, that's amazing. Um, I did yeah. get a lot done though. And also when like to bring in that outside praise and that outside validation, like you and I um, both, like I met Danielle through a, like we were partnered with the same company in network marketing. And I remember when I, a little backstory, when I was, I started my network marketing business when uh, not like on purpose, like I had Mm. gotten the, products on accident. I ended up using them. I was sharing them on social media. It just happened naturally. And then I got told about the business and I was like, eh, like, no, I don't know. That's not really for me. Mm-hmm. And then I remember seeing Danielle like literally blow up. Like she made it to the top of the company in less than a year. I think it was 11 months you said? 11 months. Which is insane. That typically insane. takes somebody how many years? I think it was like five to 10. Yeah. Like the average person, it takes like five. I want to say it's even longer than that, but I think we are not typical. Yeah, no. <laughs> Stop that was it. that was bad. For typical, go to earnings.arbon.com. <laughs> that's something that we had to say like around all of our calls. So that's why we're cracking up. Um, but I remember I saw her like 
fire levitating across the field. And I was like, she's covered in tattoos. She's lesbian. Like She says fuck. She says fuck. She's like loud. She's, I just related to her so much more than the typical Arbonne girls that you see, period. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of it. And like mm-hmm. that, along with the girl who signed me up, like the way that she talked to me about it and she painted this amazing picture in my head about what it was mm-hmm. and I jumped in and it was amazing. And I made it to the third out of four levels in uh, less than two years. Yeah. Which is also not typical for typicalgoburnings.arbon.com. But so like, that's how I met Danielle. And like, we just clicked um, and started to build a friendship based on that. But like also Danielle is somebody who I've always looked up to as like, not just a friend, but a mentor as well. Like watching her grow her business in the way that she has grown it is absolutely mind fucking blowing. Like it is. Um, but I'm not surprised. Like, I'm not surprised because of the way that you, you know, your work ethic and the way that you have, the way that you moved through Arbon is like, was also mind blowing. So like, of course, when you branch off and start your own coaching business, that's going to take off. Like it's a no brainer, but yeah, to be here for it and to watch the woman that you have literally transformed into, because you learning all of this work is around the time that you like right before like you were probably in Arbon and doing your coaching business like kind of sort of a little bit yeah. for like probably yeah. months to a year right yeah 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 and like during that time like that's when you were really transitioning like as far as you're like learning the spirituality side like getting more into it I want to say yeah I mean I used to like I was I've always been an astrology girl like I used to like charge my friends for astrology readings in high school is for like some side money Um, no, yeah, I did all of it. Yeah. Entrepreneur from the get, like always. Um, I was like, I've been meeting with like tarot card readers and like psychics and mediums since I was like 15 or 14 years old. Like, it's just like, I've, it's always been a part of me. Um, the difference between then, and I would say from like age 30 on was it was almost used as a way to bypass my own shit. Like, Mm -hmm. oh no, I'm spiritual. Like, I know what I'm doing. We're fine. And it was Mm -hmm. like, I just hadn't actually like, like I I used it as a way to bypass. Like, oh, I have this, but like, I'm not actually practicing it. And so I would say at 30, it was like, actually it was like, it was already starting like before Arbonne. And then Arbonne actually just, because I was a soul cycle instructor surprise also after acting I like became a soul cycle instructor and I was a soul cycle instructor in like west coast training and development for like 10 years so I was at soul cycle for 10 years and it was my everything but like you that job you are yeah amazing. I I was like I am I am like all of the things I've done I'm really good at like I don't do anything I'm not good at and that career as well as network marketing for me both perpetuated that side of me that like needed to be needed, needed to be praised. And it wasn't until Arbon, like I'm so grateful for Arbon because it actually was the thing that like shook me out of it because it was like, 
I, I made good money at SoulCycle. I was making probably, I was making over six figures a year, like teaching spin, like that's great. But it like never felt like enough. Like it still wasn't enough because like your girl's bougie as fuck and lives in Hollywood. Like I lived in LA, like that's expensive. Um, which like, it's so crazy. Cause I don't even say that word anymore. Like the words too expensive are not even a part of my vocabulary anymore. Yeah. Um, and that then like Arbon came around and like on paper, I was the fucking it girl. Like I, like you kind of said it, like I moved fast. I was like the lesbian face of the company, which was so yeah. weird. Cause I did not ask for that. Um, well, they saw it, it as an opportunity and they ran. With well, of it. course they did. Of course yeah. they did. And like, that's fine. Like whatever's going to put me like, whatever's going to give me a platform to be able to like deliver my impact. I was fine with. However, yeah. um, you know, like I got to the top, I'm sitting there. It's like Christmas Eve. I'll never forget it. It's like Christmas Eve. We have the house. We moved into this like really cute house. that was like in Highland Park in LA, like very walkable, like Instagrammable town. We had the cutest house. It was like blue. It was like old craftsman style. Like the house of you, right? You went there for my birthday, right? Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. Such a cute house. Uh, we had that. I had the car. I had the money. Like you know, I had it all. Owen was getting, my son was like getting every, I had a baby also. So that's part of my nine lives. Um, <laughs> surprise. Um, I have a son. He's amazing. Um, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I had a child also, uh, his dad and I were together after my marriage and then we broke up too. And now I'm married to a woman. Huh? Surprise. Um, crazy. But, uh, yeah, like he had everything he wanted. Like my wife, my then fiance and I were like sitting on the couch. We like literally just got done building his like Power Wheels hot Jeep that my mom had sent and told us that wasn't going to be that hard to put together. Spoiler alert. It took four fucking hours. Like it was the, it was, but we're sitting there. We literally on paper have it all. It's amazing. I look at Breezy and I was like, if this is success, cause I'm like choking on anxiety. I'm like, I still cannot even like sit still because I'm so worried about the other shoe falling because I'm so worried about what happens if this all goes away. Like I am so outside of myself, not trusting like the very, which is like, it's like who I am. Like me being successful is not what I do. It's truly just who I am. Like I'm going to be successful no matter what I do. But I was like, not even just trusting that. And I looked at Breezy and I said, if this is success, I don't want it. I don't want it. And like, that's when that was the moment. It was a year after my dad died, which again, my dad died, uh, three years ago. And it was, that was 21. He died January, 2021. So it was that Christmas, December, 2021. So a year later, that's when it was. And I was like, if this is success, I don't want it. And like, that's when, that's when like all of the years of work that I'd been doing on myself, all of the therapy, all of the spirituality, all of the energetics finally hit. And I was like, oh, I can apply this to my own life. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I, I almost like remember that shift that you had too, because when it was quick, <laughs> It was. It was. It was like basically. I'm going to give you an example. Like Danielle used to be the girl who in Arbonne, where like anyone could text her and ask her for advice, for help, for whatever, and she would be like the first. She would be like so quick to reply, and that was amazing yep. for us. But I could not fucking imagine on her end what that felt like, just being bombarded with all of these questions and texts when like they should be going to their own uplines 
But instead you're going to Danielle because Danielle made herself available. She's easy to talk to. She's nice. She's sweet. She's cool. She's super cool. Yeah. Like it also like everyone wants to be her friend. So it's like, um, that was like a thing, but then it like, it, it changed, it switched. And it was like, all of a sudden you couldn't just text Danielle anymore. All of a sudden Danielle was very specific about who she let into her friend circle. All of a sudden Danielle had boundaries (laughs) and it was amazing for her. And I just remember watching this and being like, I need to respect these boundaries because she's not fucking around. (laughs) And, um, yeah. yeah, no. So that was just like such an amazing thing to watch, like transformation to watch. It literally felt like I took off my bra. Like, you know, when you like oh, are. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yes. it felt like. Oh, God. I'm so happy. Okay. Everyone's like, was that scary to implement boundaries? I'm like, no. Like, it was scary before, which is why I didn't do it. Yeah. This yeah. point, it was like, it was survival. Like, it was that. Or who knows what would have happened? Like I literally avoided grief. I I literally avoided grieving my dad for a year because I felt like if I did that, I wouldn't. Everything would fall to the ground. Like I literally was too afraid to grieve the death of my best friend, like because I was worried that the other shoe would fall. Yeah, that was a huge wake up call. And I know not everybody because like everything's a gift. Everything's a gift. Even grief. Even losing my dad. Like I can say, I hate that I say this, and I like. I would honestly, what the worst part about grief is that like, if I, if I was given the opportunity to like trade it all to have five more minutes with my dad, I would in a heartbeat, like it would be a no question. And that's always really weird to me because I'm such a convicted person. So to like, also know that I would trade it is like something I like grapple with all the time. However, I do know that like he had to die in order for like a lot of these things to like be shaken awake. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I look back at that time. Like I, I was like, I, I was available to everyone. Girl, you were on calls with us. Like the day the after time. your dad passed away. I know. Like, I know. Like, I know. And I remember thinking like, like, yeah, I literally remember thinking to myself, like I have to show up so that other people know that they can get through hard things too. Like I remember having that thought. Yeah. I was sitting, I remember, okay, this is the fucked up part. This is like how addicted and like how out of my body I was. My dad was literally on his deathbed. Like it was the night he died and I was on a team call sitting at bedside in his hospice bed. Like I was on a team call. I remember that. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're so strong. Like, yeah. and listen, like I, And I, well, right. But I think a lot of times, like when this happens to other people, they're like, why didn't somebody tell me to like, get the fuck off the phone? Like, why didn't, and I don't do that. I don't play that game. Like I am an adult. I made my own decisions. And what I should have done was be like, everyone can fuck off. I will be on calls when I'm ready. Yeah. But no, but I didn't. And it was like a, it was, that went on for a year after he died. And then finally I was like, nope, we can't do this. But you know, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. So like, and I'm Scorpio rising. So like yeah, when I'm so done, I tell you what to do. but also like when I'm done, I'm fucking done. Um, so I kind of want to talk cause you are also very much. So you're a human design coach. You do human design readings. I talked about human design like two episodes ago. If you are interested in getting to know a little bit more about human design, like the general 
um, descriptions of each design, go ahead and check back on that podcast episode. But Danielle's like the reason that I even started learning about human design and she did my first human design reading, which I log all of her information to book a human design reading with her in my podcast show notes for that episode too. But um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about like human design, how you specifically like use it in your life, in your business. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how it changed the game for you. Mm-hmm. I love that question. Human design is a tool, just like astrology, just like therapy, just like breath work, just like intuition or intuition is part of, a, of human design, just like, you know, being able to tap in like mediumship abilities. Like it's all tools. It's all tools that give us access. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Plant medicine. It's a tool that gives us access. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like as a collective consciousness, we're here to move forward. We're here to evolve, ascend the great awakening expand, like whatever the fuck you call it. Like, it doesn't matter to me what you call it. I look at it like metaphorically, I look at it as if we're all like, everyone is running a race and we're all going towards the same finish line. And so like you could sprint, I could jog, that person could walk and all of that's fine. The problem that we see is that like, because if we're all, if everyone's running their own race, then like no one's distracted. We're all just like moving forward, which is the point. The problem is like you got these people screaming and everybody saying like sprinting is the only way to get there. And then you got the joggers saying, no, this is the only way to get there. Now you got all of us in the middle being like, okay, but like, which is it? And like, yeah. what am I doing now? I'm looking right and left. I'm not moving forward. I'm distracted. And so human design, astrology, all of these tools, right? These vehicles that we have at our disposal, they're never meant to distract us. And if they do distract you, then don't use them because the whole point and like, there's a, a quote in the Kabbalah. It says Elohim, and it means all of us or none of us. And none of these things are supposed to distract us from moving forward. And so when I look at human design, I look at it as one of many tools that I work with and I grow my life through. So I don't like teach people how to use their human design. I teach people how to move through with their human design, how to move through with astrology, how to move through with breath work, meditation, yoga, whatever it is. Um, and I think, so for me, human design, what it, what I treat human design as, cause I, I, listen, I believe that like, before you come here, you are a light being and you decide when you're coming down to have a human experience. And before you do that, you have to write out your soul contract and you say like, I'm going to experience this and I'm going to experience that. And then there's like, okay, but you still have this karma from a past life. I believe in past lives. If you don't just keep scrolling, but like, I believe in past lives. And like, um, you know, like you have all this karma that you have to like learn in this, in this next life. So like you have all these things too and ready, set, jump. And so I, what I believe human design is, is that map. Like I believe that human design is that like map that you drew for yourself so you could find the way. And if you get to wake up to it and you get to like find that map, it's going to make the journey a little bit faster. It's going to make the journey a little bit less painful. It's going to make the journey a little less stressful. Like there's lessons you're still going to have to learn. Like regardless, I knew about human design before my dad died. Guess what? I still had to experience going through my dad dying. Like I've known about astrology pretty much my entire life besides like the first 15 years, I still had to go through a divorce. I still had to navigate breakups with my son's dad. I still had to navigate postpartum depression, which was fucking awful for me. Like the lessons you come here to learn are still the lessons you're going to learn. So these are not get out of jail free cards. Yeah. 
these are helping you how to manage your own energy. And that's one thing that human design has really done for me is it's really allowed me the space to get clear on actually what my intuition sounds like, actually what a full body yes is, and to no longer be addicted to the guilt I feel and used to feel for saying no. Mm. That's like what human design has done for me. And I apply it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's no longer like something I have to consciously like think about. It's like, it's applied to every area of my business. And now like, I just attract equals. Like when you came to me, like you're a projector and I'm a generator and like, well, it's like when you came to me, like having you a part of my life, my business, whatever, as like a projector, I didn't have to like actively be like, I need a projector. Like it was just, I, you start to like attract people into your life that are meant to be there. And you start to move differently because you just like, like you manage your own energy. Totally. So that's what human design is for me. It's like a way to like, I, I, I would love to say that I like coach people how to like move through problems. Like a lot of my clients and a lot of people in my life have problems that I've never experienced, even though I've experienced a lot. Um, But it's like, I don't teach people how to get through their problems. I teach people how to manage their own energy. Exactly. Which can help you get through anything. Exactly. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I have definitely taken human design and applied it to my life. And it also, for me, like helped me be okay with, um, like, for instance, the the work situation. Like, I was always told growing up that, like, I'm lazy and I, mm. I don't – that I don't, you know, work. Like, I, You're I bossy. Got, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely that. But we You're a know-it-all. You know it all. You do yeah. know it all. That's a fact. But it's not yeah. a bad thing. No, exactly. And I see things differently than a lot of people do. And that's why I'm so good at what I do. Too. Yep. Um, yeah. And um, – but, like – I'm not meant, I don't personally on a, on a real note, I do not believe that like we should have to work longer than three to four hours a day. Like period. I do not dream of labor. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's that it's literally that. Like I do not dream of labor. Like what do you dream of being when you grow up? Projectors are like uh, a bougie bitch who goes to brunch every day. I don't know. Like <laughs> literally, literally like I, love the way that you say like projectors you should be able to look at their instagram and like not have any idea what they do for work yeah but like not really care because like you ooze success yeah yeah and like i love that yeah and that is that is like the goal and that is because that what that's literally what feels the most like authentic and good inside of me and that's because it's literally how i was designed yeah. I mean, human, human design is a great place. Like to also find out where your programming is. Like it's a really good, uh, map to like uncover and rediscover like all of the conditioning and all of the programming that you have. It's like a really good place to do that. Yeah. Like this is, yeah. Like maybe, can you give an example of that? I mean, yeah. Like generators, we are supposed to like, like we, as a generator, I am more successful when I do things that make me happy. Well, as a kid, I have like you have a I have a sacral battery, so I have a huge energy center. So if I'm doing things that I like, I can do them forever and I get really excited about it. So as a kid, I was like 
I loved softball. So I did softball and I loved to swim. So I was a swimmer and I loved to dance. So I was a dancer. And then what society does is they go, oh, wow, she's a hyper capable person. Like, so then they start asking me to do things that like, I don't really want to do, but because now I believe that like, I just have this energy battery and everybody's always been like, wow, she's so busy. She's so full of energy. She's so full of life. Now it's in my head and my conditioning is like, I need to keep saying yes because that's successful. And so I, as like most generators, like are addicted to outside validation. Most manifesting generators, they did it. So here's a perfect example. Most, they did a study on human design and they figured out in this study that 90% of the people that were diagnosed with ADHD were manifesting generators. Why? They're multi-passionates. They're the multi-passionates of the collective. So they have lots of interests Right. But as a kid, you know, they're it, little Timmy. He wants to play guitar. He also wants to read. He wants to do science. He wants to do all these things. Parents are like, he can't focus. He can't sit still in school. So then he gets yeah. diagnosed ADHD. And it's like, is he actually, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose you or undiagnose you. What I can say is like, I believe that there are, there is not just one way to be in this world. And, um, you know, is it, are you ADHD or do you just have a huge energy aura that has a lot of different passions and the world doesn't really know what to do with it? Exactly. Wow. That's that's a wild case study and that's mm-hmm. made my jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And like projectors, so like, yeah, I mean, projectors, like the, the programming in a projector, because like you have a very small but very efficient battery. So like, you're not you, but you're also, it's efficient. So you'll get more done in an hour than I ever could in like four. And because we live in a world that like our societal programming, the paradigm, I mean, we're not really, we're moving away from this paradigm, but the paradigm that we've been existing in is worth and success is tied to how much time you put into something. And you're really here to move us towards a more efficient way of working, a more efficient way of living. And so as kids, a lot of projectors are like, I don't want to work that hard, but I also like don't need to work that hard. And then society goes, well, no, that's not right. Like you need to go find something to do. You need to be busier. So you stop trusting your intuition at a very young age. And now your programming is, I have to keep up. I have to keep up. I have to keep up. That is why most projectors until they figure out their human design are chronically burnt out, like chronically burnt out. That's exactly, you just described. And probably, and probably have thyroid issues because of it. Yeah. I just hope that like I, so I (laughs) actually have a doctor's appointment to get that checked like next week, which, (laughs) so fingers crossed that that's not a thing, but, um, I do have, uh, low blood, red blood cells that is, because uh, uh, what is it? Um, in me. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on what it's called. Anemic. Thank you. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, but I used to work. You know, I've always had more than one job, and mm-hmm. I work for. You know, I there was a, t- a period in my life in my 20s, early 20s, that I was working. 16 hour days, you know, and, and I would have so unhealthy for you extremely. And then, yeah. and I was bartending and I was on my feet the whole time yeah. and bending over yeah. and eating drinks. And I had to be on all the time, like meaning I had to talk to people and 
Yeah. Um, you know, all that stuff. So it's like, there was that there was also like, I would, there was days where I would work at the gym cause I was a personal trainer and gym manager. And I would like work from eight to five at the gym, teach a fitness class. Um, in between that have clients one-on-one clients. Yeah. And then after that, I would go bartend from nine o'clock at night until two 30 in the morning. I'd get home at three 30 cause I lived 45 minutes away from the bar that I worked at. Like and then I would wake up the morning the next morning and go to work again. Like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Like I know. How in the world did I ever do that? Like that's I know. me. And now I'm like, okay, I'm I have to decondition myself as to be yeah. like, I'm not meant to work like that. No, first of all, I don't think anybody is, even if they love what they're doing. Like nobody should mm-hmm. be working that much. But mm-hmm. um, also realizing that like I do not have to work. Like I work hard, don't get me wrong, but like it doesn't right. take me that long to get a lot done, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Um, and so I can work for three to four hours in a day and be like, wow, I got so much done. I feel so productive. I feel so good. Yeah. Now I'm going to go relax and I'm going to go- And walk my dog on the beach. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. I mean, I tell all my projectors like, and like, this is why, like, I mean, this is a conversation we had when- um you started to like work in my business. I was like, listen, I'm not going to pay you per hour. It doesn't serve you. Like, like I, I told Michaela, I was like, you should never charge per hour because if you do, like, it's never, you're never going to get paid what you're worth. Like charge per week, charge per month. Because if you're a projector, like you're going to get more done in a quicker amount of time. That doesn't mean you're worth less money. It just means that you're quicker. And, um, you know, and like the same thing goes for like, like I tell all my projector people, like if you've been working for more than three hours, like, cause like some people can't help it. Right. Like some people have to like have jobs and they work eight hours a day, but I'm like every three hours, like go take a 10 minute break or, and eat a snack. Like I say, if you've been working more than three hours, take a nap or eat a snack. Cause it'll <laughs> recharge you. Yeah. And it's, I, I use that too, because that's like, so true. So true. I mean, it's my son. My son's a projector. He gets home from school after eight hours at school. I cannot ask him about school right away. I have to bring a snack to school so he can eat it in the car. And then we have to have like it very quiet and silent for like the first 20 minutes while he recharges. And like, can you imagine if I didn't know that? And I kept raising him like he was a generator, like, hello. Yeah, exactly. Owen just gets me. Me and Owen, man. I love that. I know. He's... Yeah, he's, he's he's pretty yeah, he's a he's pretty epic. <laughs> he loves um, you. I mean, he loves he loves Michaela. <laughs> he's always like she's so pretty. I'm like, oh. right. She is. Calm oh. down, tiger. <laughs> You're 7. Thanks, Owen. He's mm-hmm. also like a gorgeous child. Like you made a beautiful boy. I really did. You're yeah. right. It's like the best art piece I've ever, uh, you know, I used to say I'm not yeah. an artist, but like I fucking am an artist. <laughs> yeah. You created that. I made the water. I made the flour. I made the sugar. I cooked that shit from scratch. <laughs> and now she's also baking sourdough bread. <laughs> I am. I have hobbies for the first time in probably 10 years. Hobbies that don't make any money that just are for fun. I have hobbies for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. And you guys, I, um, I help Danielle. I'm her executive assistant for her business. So, um, I help her 
in that aspect too. So she saves her- my life on an everyday basis. Like, let's not like, let's not minimize this. Like she saves my life on a regular day basis. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Um, but working like working with her side by side in like close capacity and like being able to watch the way that she does business has been just like, I've said it already before in the beginning of this, but it's just been so inspiring. And, um, uh, the reason why I, part of the reason why I like had faith in myself, which leads me into my next question for you, Danielle, like Mm -hmm. starting over because I had, I, I'm kind of like in this, no, like I quit Arbonne, let's be real. Like I, I still have like my, like people can still buy from me. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, like I don't talk about it. I don't share it, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it's like, there, there's that weird, like, okay, am I really going to like, I just worked my fucking ass off to build this business to the third. And then you made it to the top of the company I was in the um, top 50 income earners at one point. Yeah, you were like, you were, it, it was insane what you did. I won every award. You did. You got every single one. that photo? Wait, okay, you guys, I have to like post this photo. I wonder mm. if I can add it in here somehow of Danielle holding all of these like jewelry boxes and awards. There's like 14 Tiffany's boxes in my hands during this it picture. Insane. Um, But yeah, so because you get incentives and you get you get incentive trips and you get incentive jewelry and all these things that Arbonne gives you when you hit your numbers and you sign up, you know, consultants and you can, there's like so many things that you can earn, which are fucking awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And also I would rather, (laughs) I would rather take myself on these vacations, stay wherever the fuck I want to stay and buy myself whatever jewelry I want instead of it being picked out for me and given to me as a gift. All I'm saying is that I know that I can do it myself. And like, I don't, I like, I just being with Arbonne, being partnered with Armand didn't align with me anymore. Like it didn't feel right. And mm-hmm. so it, like, I guess kind of wanted to talk about how it felt burning it all to the ground and then starting your own coaching business and like mm-hmm. what that looked like for you. Yeah, I think, listen, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you, like, I think everybody deserves to find their mountaintop in this life, in this life, in every life, in every life that you get to have. I think it, I think it's your birthright to ha- to find your mountaintop. And I am always so inspired and like just so excited for the men and women that I met through network marketing that that is their mountaintop. Like I think that that is so incredible and um you know it, it like it inspired me in a lot of ways. And like, that was never my mountaintop. It was never going to be my mountaintop. I don't even think what I'm doing. I mean, I know even what I'm doing now is not my mountaintop. Um, the show moves on. And so the, when I had that moment where I was like, I, this is not, I can't, if this is success, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it was like a no, it was a not, it was a no brainer. Like I'm going to do something else. I know that I have, I was actually, you know what it is? I started, I like really was getting to know myself and trust myself. And I think when you really know yourself, you win. Like, that's it. Like the more you know yourself, you win. And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what business you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter who broke your heart. It doesn't matter who died. It doesn't matter any of those things, because if you know yourself, you can always figure it out. And I was at a point where like, I was a, I have always really known myself. I just always wasn't listening to myself. And so the choice to truly trust myself and listen to myself and stop looking outside of myself for the praise, the answers, the validation, and really just like turn that mirror around and realize that like I have fucking wings and I can fly. Um, it made like building my business like pretty easy. And I don't mean easy in that like I haven't had to figure shit out along the way. Like Michaela will be the first to tell you, like I figure shit out all the time. Like yeah. it's not, it's not easy but energetically it's easy. And, uh, you know, my, the, the thing I, the thing about Tinkerbell, I'm going to just <laughs> go on a little side journey right now. Tinkerbell from Peter Pan always drove me fucking crazy because this is a bitch that like literally, and we all have an inner Tinkerbell, by the way, she's like inside of all of us. And she's that little thing inside of us that like doesn't get her way and goes like, mm, like nobody gets me. Like it's that energy where she just like crosses her arms and she's just like frustrated because nobody understands and nobody gets her and like all this shit. Right. Right. All this girl, all this little fairy had to do was like look in the fucking mirror and realize she has wings and she can fly away from this situation at any time. She could have flown away at any time, but she didn't because if she stayed, maybe they would love her more. And I had that moment where I was like, like, no, why can't I have my way? Like, why is nobody listening to me? Why is this not going the way that I want it to? And all it took for me to do was like, look in the mirror and be like, wait, (laughs) you have wings. Just fly away, go build it, go do it yourself. And once I had that moment, like it was like lights, it was game over. It was like game on lights, light switch flipped. And there was no looking back. And, you know, I was for the first time I was so, my actions were so aligned with like my purpose. My intuition was like so aligned. I was saying no most often, which was huge for me as a generator. Yeah. Um, you know, when I really started to like apply some of the shit in my astrological chart, like, oh, I'm meant to be like making huge impact. Oh, like I'm in my human design chart. Like I'm a wise sage, like find a way that you can impart your wisdom on the world, like all these things. And, um, yeah, I mean, but like, is it scary? Yeah, it's scary. I think a lot of people, the fear is what holds people back. And I really just, I think the biggest part was like, A, I, I, I knew myself well. And B, I, uh, I really started to see fear as an activator and an expander instead of a contractor. Yeah. saying that. And like, I really had to like, I, I, I had to get to know my brain better. Like I had to really pay attention to the way my brain reacted and responded to fear, the way that my brain reacted and responded to stress, where I felt it in my body. Like I really had to tap into that because then in those moments where I was like trying to like navigate the switch from, 
you know, a successful one successful business to another, I was able to go, oh, this is that fear response because of in the past, this happened and it slowed me down. But like, that's not where we're at anymore. That's not who we are anymore. So we're going to continue to move forward. And it's not like it never comes back up. Like, it's not like I'm, I think, I think people assume that like, once you're successful, you're never afraid. Like, no, you are afraid. The difference is the fear doesn't stop you. Like fear doesn't stop me. Fear doesn't slow me down. You know, I, I address my shadows before they become problems. I eat my blind spots for breakfast. And a lot of that is like, I stay really close to mentorship. I stay really close to people who are moving in the same direction as I'm moving. Cause I don't want to be in an echo chamber ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, so happy that you said that. And like, also learning how to like learn your brain, your subconscious mind, healing your shit, healing like that. Cause you, you learn the difference between like, what is fear versus what is intuition? Fear is, which is so huge. Yeah. Like fear is, you know, a fear of something that's happened to you in the past that might be causing you to not move forward because you're afraid mm -hmm. that what happened in the past is going to happen again. So you just don't mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas intuition is unexplainable. Intuition is something that you cannot explain. You feel it in your body that you have to do whatever it is that you are doing to move forward. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what it's going to look like. It is scary, but you just know that where you're at right now is not doing you any good and you got to fucking move and you got to move forward and you just got to do it. And it's going to be unexplainable and it's going to defy all logic. That's your intuition. And well, I and I'll like go even, Oh, I'll, say, I'll go even farther. Like, I don't actually believe that you are using your intuition unless you're afraid. Like when I'm not afraid, I'm staying comforted. I'm staying in my comfort zone and I'm staying in my ego and I'm staying in my, I'm staying in the rules. My subconscious mind created for me when I'm afraid and I feel fear in my body, it's because my intuition is guiding me down a direction that my ego doesn't like. And so naturally it's going to signal a fear response from my subconscious mind to my bloodstream. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I don't get, if I'm afraid, I'm like, must be doing something right. Let's fucking go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so that's when like, as far as, you know, taking it back to, you know, building our, our mom businesses and then deciding like, it's not going to be like, this isn't, this isn't our, this isn't our end. This isn't our mountaintop. As you said, I loved the way that you pictured that, but like, and then just to go for it, like not knowing what it was going to look like, but having true faith in ourselves. Um, you have definitely, like I said, been an inspiration for that. Um, so thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you have to just be willing. Like if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, but like how <laughs> yeah. like, you just have to be willing to, to trust yourself more than the programming you received from like the matrix that is the society around you. Like you mm -hmm. just have to be willing to trust yourself more. That's it. Which is what I teach in yeah. mentorship in this podcast and yeah. like lear learning how to trust yourself, trusting your intuition, um, rewiring yeah. your subconscious mind. Like, yeah. There's a lot of healers and a lot of guides. Yeah. There's a lot of healers and a lot of guides and a lot of light workers waking up right now. And it's because we're at this pivotal point in society where we are shifting to a new paradigm. We're shifting to a new energetic consciousness. And so, yeah, stay, I mean, stay close to people like Michaela, stay close to people like me, stay close to people that like kind of give you that, like, 
ooh, like it feels a little dangerous. Like stay close to those people because that's that's the that's the shift. That's the the new paradigm that we're moving into. Yeah, absolutely. All of us or none of us, baby. And one okay, I have one last question. I know that we have to wrap it up, but one last question. That is as far as like mentorship goes, like your take on how it's changed your life and how important it is to like if you are looking to heal, looking to grow a business, looking to just whatever it is that you're wanting to do, like to have a mentor there with you, like how has it changed your life? Listen, the, as my wife would say, the best athletes in the world have coaches Mm -hmm. and they don't just like have a coach when they like need to get better. They're at the top of their game. Like how many, how many coaches did, does LeBron James have? How many coaches did Kobe Bryant have? Like it's, they didn't need, they didn't need a coach just because they like wanted to get better. They made coaching and support and mentorship a non-negotiable. I invested over a hundred thousand dollars into mentorship last year without even blinking an eye because like I it's, and it's not coming and I don't just do like small program here, small program there. Like I invest long-term, I stay committed whether I need it actively in that moment or not. Because the thing is, if I am moving where I'm moving, then support is a non-negotiable for me. And if you are, you know, but that's also just who I am. Like I'm not interested in like quick fixes, instant gratification, outside validation and praise. So I'm not just going to like coach hop from like person to person so that somebody else can validate me. Like I'm going to go with somebody who like learns my shit. They know my blind spots. They know my tendencies. They know my patterns. And then as soon as they happen, they can, they can like call it and help me work through them. Because at the end of the day, like I'm not here to play small. Like I'm just not. And so why on earth would I ever make small decisions? Like why on earth would I ever play small with my investments? Like small moves. And that could be a time investment too, by the way. So many people like think about the gym, like Michaela, you're in, you, you know, fitness industry is, is home to you as well. Like think about how many people are like, Oh, I really want to like lose weight. Like, why do you think things like liposuction and air sculpt and all these things are so popular? And I, no shade, like Listen, I'd be lying if I haven't looked at the AirSculpt website and been like, ooh, <laughs> I could do that. But it's like, it's like if you are a person who's just wanting like quick fixes, then you can't be surprised when you keep running around on a hamster wheel of your life and not and ending up in the same place. It's because you're not actually moving beyond that place where you feel comfortable. Like there's people that are interested in their growth and then there's people committed to it. And the people committed to it actually make the move. The people who are interested in it just want bump right up against it as long as it doesn't challenge their current pattern of behavior. So they stay Oof. stuck. Oof, mic drop. <laughs> Word. Yeah. I mean, it's a non-negotiable. Like, yeah. If you're growing anything, if you're, if you're building anything also, like if you are in the coaching space and you don't have your own mentor, like you're, it's irresponsible, like personally, like that's just like an, that's like a code of conduct thing. Like how can you ever tell somebody to like invest in you if you're not investing in someone else? Yes. Energetics. I cannot, I cannot agree more. Um, Well, I mean, I'm sure with you, you get this all the time because you like you do intuitive reads. So I'm sure people were like, 
like this is where if you have like worked with Michaela as like a, and you've done like an intuitive read with her and you did it because you thought it was going to give you some like instant gratification and quick fix like surprise bet it didn't like I bet it didn't I bet it gave you a lot of insight and I bet you were like wow you just opened my eyes to stuff but like four months later if you didn't keep working with Michaela what happened Nothing. you came right back to the same place exactly because you have to learn how to rewire you have to learn how to Took you how long to fuck yourself up? You think you're going to do it in like a 90-minute read? Get, that's, why I, that's why I said you got to unpack. You got to get to the root cause of your shit. And and you it doesn't take you as long. Like I think that's why people too, they don't no. want to invest in the long term because they think it's going to take them as long. Like no, like you can actually rewire your brain a lot quicker than it took to mess it up. Um, yeah. You just have to be willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are afraid and see this as like woo-woo or – It is woo-woo. Woo. It existed long before your Bible. So get over it. It <laughs> – preach. It is so – that is so true. And and it's like – but like if, if you don't believe it, like it just – like I had somebody ask me like, will it work if I don't believe in it? And I'm like, yeah. Like your disbelief in what I do doesn't disable my abilities. <laughs> yeah, like it still works for me. Whether you choose to integrate what I do, that's up to you. But like, mm -hmm. I can still I don't give know. you an intuitive read. I can still give you mindset tips. I can still give you physical and energetic tools. But like, right. if you, but in order, if just you, like it, anything, if yeah. you do not believe in what you are doing, it's not going to work because you have to believe right. in yourself for anything. To right. Work. Or if you do an intuitive read and even though you'd quote, don't believe it, Michaela's guaranteed going to say some shit that like triggers the fuck out of you because she's right. And you're going to take that and then you're going to get mad and you're going to be like, yeah, it doesn't work. I don't believe in that. But then why are you triggered? Because a trigger is really just your intuition being like, we should heal this so we can move forward. Like yeah. that's all a trigger is. Yes, exactly. Like everyone treats triggers as like bad things. Like all these fucking trigger warnings all over the internet. Like trigger warning, trigger warning. Like no, trigger people. Triggers yeah. were given to us as divine guidance. They're yeah. divine guidance for how we can heal ourselves deeper. If you're exactly. not getting triggered, you are not growing. If you are avoiding being triggered, you are not growing. Period. 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 <laughs> Oh, Danielle, I love you so much. I appreciate you times a million for hopping on and being I love a part you. of my podcast, which I can't believe I have a podcast because I remember when you started your podcast, which I will link all of Danielle's information for her podcast, her website, her Instagram, all the things yeah. down below in the show notes. But yeah. um, I remember when you started your podcast and I was like, wait, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> I know. It was her. three years ago. Yeah, that wow. was three years ago. It's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the amount of growth that I've had, not, I mean, let's like, not to mention the past year, but like in the oh past three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Like, I mean, listen, and if you're like wanting to start a podcast, like, and you're hearing this, you're like, I want to start a podcast, like, take it from me. There is like no better time to have a podcast because, like, with the rise of AI, like, like your voice and your face have never been more valuable. Mm. So, so use them. True constantly so true anyway i love you i love you so much thank thanks you. for having me thank you for coming on and you guys um like i said i'll link i i will link all of her information in the show notes below 
Um, if Come hang out in the circus. Yeah. <laughs> if you're interested in um, booking a one-on-one session with me or looking into mentorship, you can email my team. I'll put all the info for that in the show notes below as well. And with all that being said, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my very first hour-long podcast episode. Wow. She tore the Band-Aid off. Yes. We love it. Not surprised at all. Um, I love you. I am so grateful for you for being a part of my podcasting journey. And we will chat soon. Bye. Love you. Bye.